1: Everybody's talking about the katanji Brown Jackson hearings, right? Right, right, right. Of course not. I uh, people are living their lives, they're doing their thing. I, however, have to keep an eye on this stuff. And uh it's not exact, it's actually not boring. Uh it's 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 somewhat interesting uh to watch people tiptoe and dance around and Overly praise somebody because of the color of their skin, you know? I mean, they're treating her like a baby. They're treating her like it's nursery school. They're treating her like she's um, auditioned or applied for the job of um, middle school uh, principal, private school, middle school principal, something along those lines. This is not a, a big, league, uh, big league test. Although some people are unafraid and are treating her like a person. Treating her like a uh, the intelligent, tough woman that she is. That's what you're supposed to do with a job this big for this long. It's a lifetime appointment. Everyone's too busy kissing butt, except for my MVPs, I'm calling them. They are resisting all the woke pressure, the fake news to uh, treat this woman, oh, with such, oh, so delicately because she could break. Now, uh, it took a woman first of all to lead the way, Marsha Blackburn, and 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 look what comes up. Actually, the subject of what is a woman. This is Marsha Blackburn. She's a Republican of Tennessee, and uh, good for her. Listen to this. Cut twelve.
0: Can you provide a definition for the word woman?
2: Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't. Mm, Not in this context. I'm not a biologist.
1: That's it, huh? Okay. So um, not that impressive. Actually, um, there's something else going on here. She's not as smart. I mean, she's smart, all right? No doubt about it. But uh, I don't think she's brilliant. I, I just I, – I, they set up these little uh, – are they traps? Are they tricky questions? Are they gotcha questions? I don't really think so. But, all right, let's say they are. you got to be clever about it, right? Now, here's uh, Senator Kennedy. He's a Republican of Louisiana. And uh, as they say, he sounds like an all-shucks kind of guy, but I believe he went to uh, Harvard Law School himself and might even have a degree from Oxford. And listen to this pretty simple uh, question, and, and I don't think she, quite frankly, handled it with uh, much skill or aplomb. Go ahead. When does uh, when life begin?
3: In your opinion,
2: Senator, um, I don't know, (laughs) ma'am. I don't know.
4: Do you have a belief? I
2: I have um, personal, religious, and otherwise beliefs that have nothing to do with the law in terms of when life begins.
4: Do Do you have a personal belief, though,
5: about when life begins?
2: I have a religious
4: view,
5: religious belief
2: that I set aside when I am ruling on cases.
1: OK, um, Yeah, she, she gave the uh, Kamala Harris. I'm going to giggle my way out of this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just an eighth grader. I don't know um, what else happened. Uh, Tom Cotton laid into her pretty good. Uh, these are direct questions about criminal justice and. Let's face it, uh, we have demonized cops, we have canceled cops, and that's why we have marauding gangs uh, ripping off uh, 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 jewelry stores in the middle of the day. Go to your phone, you'll see a million of these videos, because we totally flipped the equation. The cops are the bad guys. Um, you can't arrest anybody anymore. You <laughs> Literally, that's the policy. Um Alvin Breck will get to him in a moment. But uh here's Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas. He's good. He's good this guy. He's smart and he's tough. Iraq
3: war veteran, infantry veteran. Go ahead. Do you think we should catch this is in- imprison more murderers or fewer murderers?
2: Well, Senator, it's very important that people be held accountable for their crimes. Uh so cases, okay. that is a fundamental uh Tenant
3: of the rule of law. So is that a yes, we should catch more murderers, specifically the 46% of murderers who get away with it?
2: Senator, I'm not – to the extent you're asking about enforcement or law enforcement,
3: those – Judge, it's a very simple and common-sense question. 46% of all murders go unsolved. Should we catch more of those murderers or should we catch fewer of them?
2: Senator – We should hold people accountable for their crimes. And so if people are not being held accountable, then that is a problem.
1: Yeah, Um, it's just not it's just not that impressive. And when she's not being impressive, she's pretty direct questions here. And these aren't even that sensitive as far as the issues go about cameras in the courtroom. um, You got to have an opinion on that. I've been a judge for all these years. Come on. Why is everybody afraid to say anything? Cut 55.
6: How would you feel about, Kim, cam- uh, which um, about 40, 50 of, or
4: 40 or 45 of our states allow?
2: Well, Senator, I would want to uh, discuss with the other justices their views and, and understand all of the various um, potential issues related to cameras in the courtroom before I took a position
4: on it.
1: Why in the world would you call Secretary of Defense
4: Rumsfeld and George W. Bush war criminals in a legal filing?
1: It seems so out of character for you.
2: Senator, you may have been talking, are you talking about briefs that I, or habeas petitions that Ta- I filed?
3: Talking about when you were representing a member of the Taliban, you referred to the Secretary of Defense and the sitting President of the United States as war criminals. Why would you do something like that? It seems so out of character.
2: Well, Senator, I don't remember that particular reference. And I um, was
1: uh, representing yeah, uh, my clients. Right. Okay, maybe... stop. Enough, 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 enough. She's, look, I guess, is this smart? Is this the way it works now? Just don't say anything. You'll get confirmed because you got the votes. I uh, I guess it is. And you know who's getting hammered? <laughs> and they should wear it like a badge of honor. The The tough ones, uh, Marsha Blackburn, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, the ones who have been asking tough questions uh they're getting skewered they're calling them racist they're calling them everything in the book um but it's okay because that label has lost all meaning if you're tough with a person who happens to be black you somehow right that's race it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and normal people normal white people normal black people normal asian people don't think and talk this way uh oh keep this in mind if you are kamala harris however you can be as condescending. You can show your contempt, and at will, it will—it will elevate you to superstar status and make you eligible to be the vice president of the United States. There'd be no vice president Kamala Harris if it wasn't for this little uh, back and forth she had between herself and Brett Kavanaugh back in 2018. This, believe it or not, made her a superstar. Now, if you're white, you do this to a black person, you're a racist. But nope. Uh, she had a she had a uh, unsympathetic target a white man cut 57
7: are you saying that it's too difficult a to question or it's a question you can't answer which is whether you agree with the statement that there was blame on both sides we can move on but are you saying you cannot answer that simple pretty simple question are you saying that with all that you remember you have an impeccable memory you've been speaking for almost 8 hours i think more with this committee about all sorts of things you remember How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation, anyone aside from fellow judges? About Bob Mueller? About his investigation, sir. I'll ask again. I asked the question just a minute ago. I'm surprised you forgot. I'll move on. Clearly, you're not going to answer the question. I'm asking your opinion. You're uh, the nominee right now, and so it it is probative of your ability to serve on the highest court in our land. So I'm asking you a very specific question. Either you're willing to answer or not, and if you're not willing to answer it, we can move on.
1: All right. Easy there, Kamala. You can't remember what happened last night. You can't remember why you're in such the mess you're in right now. Somebody else quit her staff, by the way. And there's a new book out by the fake news. Now, I don't like the fake news. You don't like the fake news. But it's interesting when they talk about Democrats ripping on Democrats. Because people do talk to the fake news, and they've got White House officials I believe on the record, slamming, slamming Kamala Harris, saying not only is she a mess as a vice president, she was a mess as a senator. She was a mess when she ran for president. That's been documented, by the way. Uh, She's thrown phones at people. She's just gotten – did she throw a phone? I mean, she's just yelling and screaming all the time. Nobody wants to be around her. She never should have been picked. Disservice uh, to the country. Disservice to her, by the way, because I think she needs help. Um. Uh, but, again, uh, she was on the right side of history there because who was falling out of favor in 2018? White men. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's wild. You know, Tom Cotton was talking about crime. Crime is – we've never seen it like this. I've never seen it. I mean, we're in the middle of the day, uh, smash-and-grab robberies of an Apple store. You know, 50 guys go in and take whatever they want and run and nobody does much of anything. Now, back in the day, occasionally you would hear about a smash and grab job on like Forty Seventh Street, um, the Diamond District. But they hit a cosmetics store on on Twenty Eighth Street. I think they just—they're hitting all kinds of places, and that people are powerless to do anything about it. It seems, and the cops are reluctant to get involved. They're not being deployed correctly eric adams is talking about safety patrols right out of the eighth grade. this is uh a curious time isn't it uh and remember if you look a certain way that's not cool right now cut 59
2: he's the just a white word. guy he doesn't matter <laughs> you don't get
4: the mansplain right now
1: mark <laughs> and i'm the white guy on the panel to say that so i'll shut up now
2: I'm
6: asking for trouble here, because here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations.
7: A lot of white people don't understand the depth of this.
6: When we start talking about issues around race and racism, sometimes white people need to just listen.
4: But you're a mean, mad white
1: man. You did it wrong. You, of you course I did.
8: Do that with I'm a rhythm, white guy from Queens.
6: Supposed-
1: just a white guy from Queens, Chris Cuomo. A white guy from Queens who uh, moved to Park Avenue. How many millions of dollars does that guy want now? Now, you just saw and heard how uncool it is to be uh, white and male in America. Let's pause for a moment and listen to how beautiful it is to be a, a black person, especially a black woman. Oh, nothing cooler, nothing better. Cut 60.
3: This is a gathering of powerful black women, business owners, activists. I wanted to uplift
0: encourage and celebrate all of the beautiful black queens and kings that continue to inspire
2: me and inspire the whole world. And mm-hmm. I always try to come with black excellence. Yes. And
6: black men are beautiful. Black men are magnificent.
9: Black men are innovators.
2: I mean, you have Kamala Harris, this bold, brilliant, beautiful black woman, HBCU graduate.
1: Um, that's not a very helpful conversation about race i try to think for a moment anybody's saying what a bold beautiful white man what a bold beautiful that that would be that would get you labeled a racist you know that would be white supremacy if you dropped all the every time they said black and put in white that would be white supremacy i used to hear this on wlib radio what do they call it for a while it was called afrocentricity now i don't think this is what they had in mind at all um the train has uh, left the tracks. so this is uh, this is not a this is not a healthy conversation uh, that they're having. I think by the way, it's beautiful that I'm pointing it out. And believe me, there are very few people in the media who are equipped, who are secure enough uh, and hey, you never know when you're going to get cancelled. all right they could they could come for me too uh they did oh boy they trust me they're turning me into twitter left and right as a matter of fact yesterday i just decided you know what no more twitter for me for a while at least because they're kicking off people for their free speech they're kicking people off of twitter for voicing their views and if you disagree with a couple of liberals in silicon valley so they kicked off charlie kirk you know charlie kirk he's got the show here he's great Uh, Who do they, uh, uh, this woman named Savannah Hernandez. All she's been doing is interviewing some of Leah Thomas's, the trans swimmer. She's been interviewing her female opponents, competitors, and guess what? They don't like Leah Thomas, so they kicked her off of Twitter. They kicked the Babylon Bee off of Twitter for, by the way, statements of fact. Statements of fact, but they don't dig those facts about the transgender world. So why the hell am I going to keep tweeting away? I'm not, for the time being, at least. Taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, You can find... I'm taking my talents to get her and the office water cooler. Be right back.
4: Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is The Greg Kelly
1: Show. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels, the porn star. Remember her? Remember what was alleged to have happened? It was all phony baloney, hit job, fake news. Uh, She sued President Trump to be, gets a little bit murky. And they were alleged to have had an encounter. I don't believe they did, actually. I think the whole thing was phony baloney. And you probably have not heard, or maybe you heard from me, that Donald Trump has won that lawsuit. He was sued. And guess what? Uh, <laughs> uh, she has to pay his attorney's fees, $300,000. She totally and completely lost a complete and total victory for Donald Trump. Did you see it on Lester Holt last night? No, of course not. No, 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 no. Well, actually, do me a favor. Did they even whisper about it? I knew this. They were yelling about it. When the lawsuit was filed back in 2018, listen to this. Listen to the glee they have almost. Cut 63.
0: Porn star Stormy Daniels is suing President Trump. Porn star Stormy Daniels
8: suing President Trump. The porn star, the president, and the payoff. And while it certainly reads at first like a salacious gossip headline... Questions being raised are potentially serious.
4: Stormy Daniels, you know, just totally normal again, a president being sued by a porn star over an illegal payment days before the election that could have affected the outcome.
2: Porn star is suing the president of the United States is a moment that I think we all need to stop and recognize how outrageous that is.
1: Well, it's outrageous because you guys engineered it. (laughs) You you fake news phonies engineered it. And uh, no one is really talking about the fact that Donald Trump won four years later, completely exonerated. Stormy Daniels, you have to pay Donald Trump $300,000. Now, I remember when she came forward, and I did not believe her back then. I didn't. And I watched this 60 Minutes interview very carefully and I noticed a couple of things. First thing I noticed, her eyes were like totally, totally dilated. Her pupils weirdly dilated. She was definitely on something. She was wasn't dark. there was something very odd going on with her physiologically. All right. All right. Putting that aside. How about this? Cut 64 Stormy Daniels with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes in 2018. 64. Go.
0: I felt intimidated and honestly bullied and I didn't know what to do. And so I signed it, even though I had repeatedly expressed that I wouldn't break the agreement, but I was not comfortable lying.
4: How do we know you're telling the truth?
0: Uh, Because I have no reason to lie.
1: No reason to lie. All right. So uh, that very night, I go on to her website. And what did she announce? The great big Make America Horny Again strip tour. And she's going around from strip club to strip club advertising herself as Donald Trump's mistress. And you can go ahead and uh, get a lap dance from Stormy Daniels. Money, money money-making stunt. And you know who was sitting right next to her? Michael Avenatti, who I believe is either under house arrest or maybe is in federal prison right now because he tried to steal $10 million from the Nike sneaker company. These people are grifters. And, uh, And so are the media. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, right? Everybody. everybody. Oh, wow. Anderson Cooper. Do you know he's Gloria Vanderbilt's uh, son? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Wow. He went to Yale. Oh, I heard him on Jeopardy once. Oh, my. He was so smart. Anderson Cooper. On 60 Minutes. The most prestigious, well, for that crew, not us, uh, TV show in all of broadcast news, Right? What did Anderson Cooper find so interesting that day? Cut 65.
3: You work in an industry where condom
1: use is, a, is an issue. Did the, did he use a condom? Did the president use a condom? Now, he asked that in prime time on 60 Minutes. And nobody really thought it was out of line. I didn't hear anybody talk about it. The next day, there was no outrage. There was no, like, what the hell? did? Can you believe that? Not a hint about it. My mind went back. To the early 1990s, where was I? I think at that time I was in Quantico, Virginia. I was in the basic school, and I was watching it on CNN of all places. Jennifer Flowers, remember her? Longtime girlfriend of uh, Bill Clinton, allegedly. They had a thing going on that certainly had some phone calls. I heard the tapes. And the National Enquirer got a hold of the story. It was a big, big, big deal. She was uh, the Love Gov's girlfriend for a long time, the story went. And there she is at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel with her lawyer right next to her. And questions are being asked. And then Howard Stern, who I like a lot, by the way, and I also like Gary DeLabate and that whole crew. But uh, they used to have a guy who I like anymore named Stuttering John, sidekick. Stuttering John would go to events and uh, celebrities and confront them with uh, what, at the time, were considered over-the-top, embarrassing, ridiculous questions. And uh, (laughs) how did he do it? Go ahead. Stuttering John. Wait, where do we have this? Uh, Cut 66. Jennifer Flowers, Walter Pastoria. Go.
9: He told me to just deny it.
8: Governor Clinton used a condom?
3: (laughs) Jesus. Right
7: here. (laughs)
3: and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen we're going to put this to a stop if there are any further questions that are degrading in my opinion
1: degrading in my opinion and it was degrading but hey where are we as a society one more time and then i gotta go anderson cooper in 2018 60 minutes same exact question
3: you work in an industry where condom use is a, is an
1: issue did, the, did he use a condom <laughs> and nobody blinked be right back
4: wabc favorite podcast platform you're listening to the greg kelly show
1: hey remember when i told you about my running i've kept it up i am now at uh, 3.05 miles in under 30 minutes so i'm running like nine minute 45 second miles and i know there are a lot of people out there oh, oh, oh what a slow poke and i am a slow poke but i'm getting faster i'm going longer. S- slow and steady. My wife always says that. Slow and steady win- wins the race. There's no cramming in life. You got to do a little bit every single day. I like that a lot. It works. Um, it's been working for me at least. All right, real quick 800 uh, 848 WABC. 800 848 WABC. Larry is on the phone from Brooklyn. Hello. Uh,
5: l- I'd like to talk to you about the VA closing room is at 800 Poly Place in Brooklyn, New York. They're thinking of closing that uh, VA hospital. And as you know, and me being the floor, a veteran, lots of veterans are using this facility. And I know that you have a lot of people listening to this station, and I'm wondering if you, that you would know that I could stop this from being closed. Huh. Number
1: one, this is the uh, the VA hospital right next to Fort Hamilton along the kind of like you can see it from the Bell Parkway, right?
5: That's correct yeah and yeah and I you know I listen to you all the time and I agree with you not ninety percent, but I agree with you a hundred percent in your thinking but to close a VA where veterans use this from Staten Island they come in. And I've called Congress people. They don't get back to you, but they get back to you when they need to vote. But I figure you being a veteran, thank you for your service, you would know people to maybe uh, get to look into this matter. Well,
1: let me before we do that, let me ask you this. How is the care at that facility? Um, You know. We've heard a lot about these VA facilities, and, um, you know, what's your experience?
5: So far, so good. You know, I have no complaints. Uh, the food sucks <laughs> when I was admitted in there, and uh, but other than that, the staff is good. Uh, my appointments are good. But they had a rally there a couple of weeks ago, and I can't think of the lady that's the congressperson from Staten Island.
1: Maliotakis, Nicole Maliotakis. Yeah, we know Nicole. We could talk to Nicole about this, but I got to tell you something. You said you called members of Congress. Uh, Telephone calls don't get you very far. When you're kind of calling, you know, you're just calling out of the blue. They don't know you, and you're just calling. Nobody does business on the phone anymore, as much as you might think. You got to write a letter. You have to write a letter and they will get back to you. Just put that in your back pocket, okay? Maybe okay, we Okay, sh-
5: well I appreciate you taking my call anyway. So. No, no,
1: no, 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 all right. All right. Hey, if they don't uh if they close that one, I guess you'd have to come all the way into the city. There's one on 23rd Street, right?
5: Yep, but then uh, where, would, where would we park? You see, right now we park over here. The facility is nicer, and uh, thousands and thousands of guys are going to be hurting because it's from Staten Island. Where do All right, you
1: let's do a couple of things. Did you call, Nicole, did you call her Nicole Maliotakis? No, I didn't call her, but I All
5: called right. Schumer's office. All right. Called, All, call, right.
1: All right, hold on. Call Nicole, but also write a letter. And I'll see what I can do on my side. I got I actually think I have her phone number right here. I'll text her. That's kind of like writing a letter. And uh, we'll see what we can do, Larry.
5: I appreciate that so much. Have All a right. blessed day.
1: Thanks, pal. You too. Um, yeah, I don't know much about that facility. I I went over there once for something. No, that was Fort Hamilton. Fort Hamilton's right next door. Great. Hey, Bill is in New Jersey. Yes, sir.
5: Greg, uh, the previous uh, caller just said he agrees with your thinking. And that is what it's all about ideology. When the people of New York vote for liberal thinkers, so called open minded uh, thinkers, um, they get liberal philosophy. They get liberal behavior. behavior and um, what happens? Um, the police are handcuffed, the criminals are arrested 12, 25, 45 times. You know, a slap on the hand fine them $10 and let them go, and then they go out and kill somebody. I mean, what in the hell kind of thinking? What in the hell kind of philosophy, liberal crap, is that when the city is allowing itself to self-destruct?
1: I think it's It's communist philosophy. I think it's communist socialist philosophy. I think they want to destroy us. I really do. Not everybody knows that there are some Democrats pushing this thing because they want to seem virtuous. They want to they bought all that racial justice, social justice propaganda. But I think they're uh, they are Some are willingly some are uh, unconsciously destroying this country. Thank you, pal. Hey, I got one more. Dennis is in Long Island. Yeah. Hi, Dennis.
6: Hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. You're talking about the smash and grab. Back in the day, it was was just boosting. They're still doing it. They were doing it back in the 80s. They're doing it again.
1: Well, number one, I never heard of the term boosting, but I did say that you heard about this stuff, especially in the Diamond District, and uh, it's been going on for a long time since there was a Diamond District, but not like this, not with the the regularity, uh, and, you know, they're not just hitting places with, you know, they hit a cosmetic shop the other day. They're going into Walmart and taking whatever they want. They're going into ordinary drug stores, these m- mobs of people. This is different from the smash and grabs that you're talking to, boosting whatever. Wouldn't you, ad- would you would you admit that? Would you concede that?
6: I would concede, yes. But let me ask you a question. you think the cops are being more, instead of being proactive, reactive because they're worried about, What's going to happen to them if they do overreact or maybe not overreact?
1: Anything they do is now so hyper scrutinized. Any use of force, the crowds of New Yorkers grabbing their cell phones and recording these guys and trying to catch them. And some of them, by the way, normal police tactics like grabbing a guy. And sometimes I'm sorry, you got to grab a guy. You're a guy. You'd rather be grabbed than shot. Right. Right. You got, you got, And I think they, they actually made grabbing above the waist. Forget chokeholds. You can't grab a guy above the waist, the torso. That's actionable. That's illegal. It's crazy stuff. There are a million ways to go to jail. And there are all these ambitious prosecutors, uh, internal watchdog groups, external watchdog groups, just poised to nail them. And forget about it. Forget about the job for a moment. They'll fire you in a heartbeat. Now that they used to not do that, they used to have civil service protections. I guess they've thrown all of those away. And if you're in, uh, if you're under suspicion, they will fire you, and you're on your own. What else, Dennis?
6: Now, I was in the city yesterday, and it's just sad because it's just coming back to the way it was, like seventies, early eighties. It's just, it just, it's just sad. I saw somebody OD right on forty seventh. Right of course, from the time forty seventh and sixth, they had to come over, get him with a an knock camp, and then she's
1: complaining. It's just the quality. Wait, of what happened to you? Who was complaining on 47th and 6th? What?
6: No, a girl had a, she was ODing, and they had the, the uh, EMS came. They had to do a can on her to wake her up. You saw and this people, right in front of you? Yeah, right, right in front of Broad Daylight. Uh, it, was just, it was just, it's just sad the way the city's falling apart a little bit. It's just,
1: And it's, it's unnecessary, down. and they, they created the situation. They created it. it. Artificial. Distrust of the cops was created. And it came out of nowhere. It came out of a political vendetta that liberals had against law and order. It's incredible. They cre- they willed it into action. De Blasio, Obama. You look at you look back at what he said in two thousand four compared compared to what he said in two thousand eight when he had when he spoke responsibly out loud about absentee fathers in the black community. He talked about that. That's one of the reasons why we voted for him. And then he turned out to be a great big fraud in it for himself. That's it. What a shame, huh? Hey, uh, another reason why I want to go off Twitter. I think I did I mention this uh, young woman who is critical of Leah Thomas. She swims for Virginia Tech. You're about to hear a portion of um, an interview. I think they both been canceled. The swimmer for saying what she said, and the journalist for holding the microphone. Listen to this. Cut um, sixty-eight.
2: Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals, and it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition. And you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance. If that makes sense, like it's hard to compete against someone with. The aerobic capacity, the muscle development, the body of a man, it's hard.
1: It is, and that's the truth. And now they're hassling her and the woman who is holding the microphone. Her name is Savannah Hernandez. She's an independent journalist. She's been chased off of Twitter. Her account has been revoked for violating terms of service. Uh, Somehow that's hate speech. Hey, you know, they're winning this. The radicals are winning because when they kick somebody like Savannah it it actually intimidates a lot of conservatives. You know the Governor of Utah uh some weak whack job, just vetoed legislation that would have made it uh that would have prohibited uh, trans children from participating in school athletics. Now, how many trans children are there? I talked about this the other day. I've met two trans people in my entire life. One of them was uh, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce. Uh, the other one, I can't remember their name. They came on the Good Day Show to talk about trans issues, and that's it. Now, where is this happening? They're willing it. They're create. They're encouraging it. And why? Mostly adults. Mostly liberal white adults are pushing this why is that and with a healthy assist from black lives matter by the way and most of what black lives matter is about is uh, trans folk and dismantling the nuclear family uh why i think i think it's possible that someone gets a certain kind of thrill from all of this you know what i mean they get their jollies and that's horrible And children should not be sexualized in any way, shape, or form. The so-called don't say gay bill in Florida is not a don't say gay bill. It's let's have conversations about sexuality that are age appropriate. Okay, number one. Number two, if a child uh, starts talking about issues of sexuality in the classroom that might affect their well-being and or health, Parents have to be involved in that conversation. Fair enough? Fair enough. No. The woke left has said no. Yesterday, uh, a couple of thousand Disney employees walked off their job. Now, what does Disney have to do with any of this? Nothing. Uh, (laughs) But in another phony baloney crisis created by the left, the CEO of Disney, they say, did not speak out against the don't say gay bill. They even got me saying it. Early enough now he spoke out against it, but he did it, but it was too late, and that's why they're upset, and I think we have them walking off the job, don't we? do we have them all walking away? uh go ahead, play that gay, stay gay, stay gay, stay gay. Gay, 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 gay. you hear that that's 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 their little protest. They think they're defying the legislation, which doesn't say you, you can say gay all you want It's fine. Does, that's not you're lying about it. As a matter of fact, I love it when DeSantis calls them out on it. We have that? When DeSantis calls them out, listen to this, it's beautiful.
8: Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you. I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says it
6: classroom instruction on sexual identity and
8: gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three, so five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives.
1: Yeah, that's a future president of the United States for sure. It's almost guaranteed. Right after Trump, all right? I'm still for Trump in 2024. Uh, they are lying about it, and these silly employees who walked off the job – I don't think they read the bill. It wouldn't take that long. It took me about five minutes. It's only four pages long. You can read it for yourself. Any reasonable person would say, okay i this is this this is a this is sound policy. So a lot of people have been lied to, and oh by the way, I would love it if they fired everybody who walked off the job. They should all be fired, but they won't be because they're protesting for a left a leftist cause. Now imagine if you will. If they all walked off the job, say they were upset about uh, pro-choice legislation and they all decided to walk out. Or they they were pro-te uh, Kamala Harris's uh, recent whatever. Okay, look, if you're on the left, you're safe. If you're on the right, watch out. That's dangerous. Uh, You guys okay in there? Good. Uh, Tommy in Brooklyn, what's up?
6: Hey
4: Greg, I'm uh, I'm an Iraqi veteran, and I heard that Manhattan VA as well is going to be closed as Brooklyn. Um, and they're slated both of them are slated for closure. And we're going to have a rally. We have to have another rally to try to get it to stay open. I have another thing I want to say about Leah Thompson. Leah Thomas. Yeah. I feel that Leah Th- Leah Thomas is selfish, and she needs to recognize that she has an advantage, you know, and admit that she cannot compete with the biological females. Close to by the advantages. There are many trans people out there, so hopefully they can start a legal a movement to get their own league. Leah Thomas could be the spokesperson for that league. They they, know, they, league they, for you know ball.
1: what? Why not have their own league? You know, uh, Christine, who happens to be trans and conservative, called in from uh uh Connecticut yesterday. Actually, uh she said she'd I, well, I, she's gonna have to call back. That sounds like a that sounds like a compromise. And all six trans athletes in the country can go race against each other and com- uh, competitive water ski, whatever they want to do. Because there just aren't that many of them, and it's been totally blown out of proportion. It's uh, kind of crazy, you know. Peter Thiel, you know that guy. He's he, he invented PayPal. He's a billionaire, venture capitalist. He put the money behind Facebook, and he left Facebook. He gave a, it happens to be gay, by the way. Well, he gave the most compelling speech. It was beautiful at the twenty sixteen Republican convention. He said. When I was a kid, we were trying to go to the moon. Today, the public discussion is about which bathroom are you going to use. We are going backwards yet again. It paused for four glorious years. We got to get that back. We got to get that spirit back. Peter Thiel, look it up. It's on YouTube. Peter Thiel, 2016. Be right back. Hey, Cory Booker is still a U.S. senator, right? I don't. Uh, <laughs> Does anybody see him in New Jersey much? Uh, uh, he was so blown away yesterday by um, Katenji Brown Jackson. I mean, wow, wow! He's just never seen anything like this. I think this might be just the uh, the first person of color he ever saw. What's going on with him? Lindsey Graham too, just in awe. Cut fifty four.
4: Congratulations, uh, well deserved. Uh honor here uh you have worked hard all your life and um yeah much to be proud of
8: i could not stop being just joyous that you were sitting in my office and i couldn't stop bringing up to you the historical nature of this forgive me i grew up in a small black church where i was taught uh, to make a joyous noise unto the lord and this is not a normal day for america we have never had this moment before and i just want to talk about uh the joy
1: calm down the joy That a black woman is sitting in front of her. By the way, there would have been a black woman, and it's been pointed out, Janice Rogers, I think her name was, Janice Rogers Brown, a judge that Republicans wanted to get to the Supreme Court, and they were moving her up in that direction. And Joe Biden and his nasty friends blocked it, blocked it, blocked it, blocked it. Oh, they were going to – they did. They filibustered it. They they, they did everything they could to derail it, and they succeeded. So – you can be a black woman, but you got to think in the right way, which is the left way. All right. You got to be a liberal. Uh, otherwise, they co oh boy scorched earth. Just ask, well, just ask Clarence Thomas, who, by the way, is in the hospital, and we hope he's going to be okay. You know, just again, all of this, I keep going back to the 2018 Kavanaugh hearings. And, you know, I was somewhat traumatized by them, to be honest. I mean, I, that guy, with his record and his resume, And there were so many testimonies from women who like just loved the guy throughout his political career, his uh, uh, his White House service. He was appointment secretary under George W. Bush. He was – I remember when I worked at the White House as a White House correspondent uh, hearing about this guy, Brett Kavanaugh. In fact – well, I don't want to give you too much detail, but – well, there was a young lady I was dating at the White House who uh, 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 worked with him and was like, "Oh, he's amazing." And I'm like, "Who is this Brett character?" Enough with Brett. <laughs> just he's just the best guy in the world. All right, all right. Thank you. Enough, enough, enough. And when they made those allegations against him, and they they let those allegations fester, they and they they paused America for four days so we could talk about him. And what were the allegations? Some crazy woman literally off the street saying something that she could not substantiate for which there was not a shred of evidence to substantiate. If they could do it to a guy like Kavanaugh, they can do it to any man in America. Thank God he was confirmed. But it was tough. It was tough. Remember? Remember what they did to him? Here's a little uh, cut 58.
8: In other words, that that July 1st reference to skis went over for skis. That's brew skis, correct? And after Tobin. Sir, sir, I just need a yes or no. That brew skis, right? Well, I need to explain in context. Uh, you just said, sir, that you drank on weekdays. That's all I was looking for. Well, no, if I may, if I may, uh, ask, if I may ask the next question, sir. You know, lawyers um, should be working off of common terms and understand the words that we're using. I think that's a pretty basic principle among lawyers. Wouldn't you agree? did the word ralph you used and in I, your book I already, said, I already to answered alcohol. the question if you yeah, yeah. relate to alcohol i like you beer an that. i like beer i don't know if okay. you like beer Senator, or not um, what do you like to drink next one uh,
7: was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before I, I, no could you answer the question judge it just so you that's not happened is that your answer yeah and i'm curious if you have I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, Nor do I. Okay. Thank
1: you. Thank God he survived. A lot of people would have quit and ran away. He didn't. And uh, good for him and good for everybody else. I'm telling you, if he went down, so many other people would be vulnerable. Anybody could say anything about anybody and take them out. But this is still America, ma'am. Be right back. News and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Oh, man, I am so sick of this war. Russian forces unable to make key gains. Uh, Russia is losing. Total stalemate, it looks like. Bloody battle continues for key Ukrainian cities. Uh, But it looks like Ukraine, in certain respects, is on the offense. That's uh, kind of a beautiful thing. Look, I want this thing to be done with, though. I want peace. Um, One of the things about war that a lot of people don't understand who haven't been to war, that... Horrible things happen on both sides, both sides. Bad things happen. Absolutely. Even the good guys can make big mistakes. Um, You know, when we invaded Iraq, guess what? Uh, Number one, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. But number two, you get tens of thousands of guys together, 18 to 23 years old, and give them all guns. Well, uh, you know, it's it's not a recipe for great things to happen. Some bad things happened, and uh, some bad things are happening now, even the Ukrainian side, and we're rooting for them, of course. But have you seen the videos of, uh, gosh, they're taping people to polls? Look, they're under siege. They got a lot of stress, but they're taking people they believe are collaborators and, and just abusing them, and it's just horrible to watch. All of this is horrible to watch. Putin, totally in over his head, never should have done it. Uh, Joe Biden will be landing soon in Brussels for the NATO meeting on the war. A lot of folks have pointed out that if he could have gone much earlier. But the fake news is saying, oh, no, these meetings take years to set up, years, and he's really ahead of schedule. That's not particularly uh, like everything else he does. It's slow. He's a slowpoke, everybody. Hey, who the hell is Richard Davey? He's just been named the new New York City Transit President, Richard Davey. D-A-V-E-Y. Anybody know anything? Is he going to fix the subways? Hey, listen, the subways actually move okay, and so do the buses. It's the creeps who are on the subway, the homeless people, the deranged people, the people who come up to you and ask for a dollar. Has that happened to you lately? You know what I call that? Robbery. Robbery. Somebody calls up, and uh, some of the public officials call it panhandling. No, that's, uh, that's robbery. The message is, if you don't give me money, something bad may happen to you. Well, this is still America. It's supposed to be a free country. Somebody called me the other day saying, uh, oh, no, no, the smash and grabs we're seeing are very much in line with what we've seen before. No, no, no. This is a whole new level of, um, what do they call it, Uh, not mob massacres, but flash mobs flash mobs show up at any brinky dink uh, store, at Rite Aid pharmacy. They go in there and take everything they can. Have you noticed Rite Aid pharmacy even if you want to get jelly beans now, they're putting it behind glass. In the old days, they just put the fancy razor blades behind. Really, if you wanted to get Gillette Mach 3 razors, uh, which are very expensive, you had to ask the guy and he had to open them up. By the way, when it comes to shaving, I don't use I used to use the Mach 3. I now use the uh Schick five blade system it's really really good and it presses right into you You can like kind of shave it right into your face kind of hard and not cut yourself and that's important by the way all right so uh remember this person is not as smart as we were led to believe katanji brown jackson i'm sorry you got to be a bit more clever when they ask you pretty basic questions don't you think cut 12
0: Can you provide a definition for the word woman?
2: Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist.
1: She can't. And how about that thing that happened with um, Senator Kennedy? And I, too, always think of John F. Kennedy when I hear about this guy. He's no John F. Kennedy. And that's a compliment, Senator Kennedy. Can I hear that little uh, give and take, please? Go ahead. When,
4: when when does uh when does equal protection of the laws attach to a, to a human
5: being
2: well senator um i believe that the supreme court um actually I, I actually don't know the answer to that question i'm sorry
1: i don't okay all right uh you got to be a bit more clever than that you got to have something else to say i think she went to Harvard this, Harvard that. I mean, uh, she's the debating champion of uh, the United States in high school. And she kind of giggles a little bit. Pulls the old Kamala Harris. Well, speaking of Harvard, Tom Cotton went to Harvard. And with him,
3: it shows. Clip, please. Let's look at sexual assault and rape. Do you know how many, what percentage of sexual assaults and rapes go unsolved in this country? I do not, Senator. 77% more than three quarters of all sexual assaults and rapes go unsolved. Do you think we should catch and imprison more rapists and sex criminals or fewer?
2: Senator, one of my two uncles was a detective in a sexual crimes and battery unit. So I'm very familiar with that type of crime it's a horrible type of crime, as are all of these that you are articulating. And it is important for people to be held accountable for criminal behavior. It's fundamental
1: to the rule of law. Okay, he 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 basically says, "Cut the crap with your uncle." Now, that's a good point. Uh, my uncle worked at Emigrant Savings Bank. Great man, Donald Kelly. I love him. I don't know anything about banking. All right, I I know nothing about banking. I write a check. Something about interest, that's it. You know, She says, well, my uncle was a cop, therefore I know all about the sexual, uh, the sex crimes unit. No, you don't. Uh, uh, let's see. Did anything else happen? Give me one more if you would, please.
3: So in 2020 alone, well over one million, one million violent crimes went unsolved in America. Do you think we imprison too many violent criminals or not enough?
2: Senator, it's important for our rule of law to ensure that people are held accountable who are breaking the law in the ways that you mention and otherwise.
1: Uh, that's when you don't really have a good answer and you belabor it. Speak slowly so you think that it sounds substantive. And, uh,. Others who are not uh, asking her tough questions are busy smooching up to her, kissing up to her. Again, Lindsey Graham and Cory Booker, uh, 19.
4: Congratulations. Uh, Well-deserved honor here. Uh, You have worked hard all your life and um, you have much to be proud of. I could not
8: stop being just joyous that you were sitting in my office, and I couldn't stop bringing up to you the historical nature of this. Forgive me. I grew up in a small black church where I was taught uh, to make a joyous noise unto the Lord, and this is not a normal day for America. We have never had this moment before, and I just want to talk about uh, the joy.
1: I had a, I really had a – what is he talking about? And he's that happy. He's that joyous because it's a black woman. So, is he like morose if it's a white man? I guess he is. As a matter of fact, he was one of the guys who really gave uh, Kavanaugh a hard time. Why? Because he's a a white man. And if you do you like this? I think it's pretty wild hearing white people talk so disparagingly about themselves, devaluing themselves because of the color of their skin. Uh, Some black people do it, but. Quite frankly, mostly white people, and it's disgusting. Cut 59.
2: He's just a white guy. He doesn't matter. (laughs) You
4: don't get the mansplain right now, Mark. (laughs) And I'm the white guy on the panel to say that, so I'll shut up now.
6: I'm asking for trouble here, because here I am, an old old white guy talking about race relations.
7: A lot of white people don't understand the depth of this.
6: When we start talking about issues around race and racism, sometimes white people need to just listen.
4: But you're a mean, mad white man.
1: You did it wrong. You're, of course you I did. To do that I'm a rhythm, white guy from Queens. To... White guy from Queens. White guy from Queens. That's Chris Cuomo. You see, he doesn't live in Queens anymore, though. He lives in Manhattan. People who like to do that are already rich, already famous, and then they can point to the color of their skin, and it's a virtue signal. You know, quite frankly, I did it once myself, and let me tell you about how good I felt about myself. It was a very silly moment, but at the time... I was a different person. Uh, I was having a discussion uh, with a couple of other news personalities. This is about 12 years, 14 years ago. And I can't remember what it was about, but it was about race. Okay. And then uh, there are three of us. I think Curtis might've been having the conversation with us. Curtis, me, and I think Applegate, Christina Applegate and uh, Jody Applegate. I'm sorry. Anyway, I pointed out in the middle of it, because we were talking about race, I think it's important to acknowledge that we are three white people having this discussion. And what do we know? And I felt so smug. I felt so self-righteous is the way to look at me. And I knew at that time, at least at that time, I was totally secure in that spot. I wasn't losing it anytime soon. And I could point to uh, my skin color and. And say, you see this big detraction? I, I I must I must apologize for it implicitly here. We and anyway, I got a bit of a kick out of that actually. I got a I got a I got a boost. It made me feel like a a better person. But it was all it was actually in its own way a power play. And now I know I have seen the light. I also don't like it when, uh, well, when anybody celebrates something for having done nothing. And uh, what does this sound like to you? Can I hear the uh, the other montage, please, on the other side? Go ahead.
3: This is a gathering of powerful black women, business
0: owners, activists. I wanted to uplift, encourage, and celebrate all of the beautiful black queens and kings that continue to inspire me and inspire the whole
2: world. And mm-hmm. I always try to come with black excellence. Yes. And
6: black men are beautiful Black men are magnificent.
2: Black
9: men are innovators.
2: I mean, you have Kamala Harris, this bold, brilliant, beautiful black woman, HBCU graduate.
1: Uh, Too bad she can't do the job of vice president. I don't care that she went to Howard University, HBCU, historically black colleges and universities. And by the way, you know who did more for the HBCUs than Barack Obama? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You can look it up. Uh, grants galore for the HBCUs. Can I talk to Alfred please, in Yonkers?
6: Hi, hi, Greg. How are you?
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, you yeah. What's going on?
6: Hey, how you doing? Um, thank you for your service, by the way. Um, I, I, I just wanted to tell you that I'm with you. We need Trump back, and 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 I think um, Ron DeSantis would be a great running mate for him.
1: I don't want to sound like a smarty pants here, but. Uh, DeSantis cannot run with Donald Trump.
6: Well, even if he runs after Donald Trump. Well, you know
1: why he can't be his running mate? Why? Because they are both residents of Florida. Donald Trump changed his residency to Florida. And, of course, Governor DeSantis is a resident of Florida, and you can't have the president and vice president be from the same state. It's in the Constitution, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah,
6: Yeah. that's a shame. They're both great men.
1: Ah, They don't like each other, actually, I hear. There's a little bit of tension there. I hear I could be wrong, but I hear there's a little bit of tension there. And one of the things that I think has gotten under Trump's skin is that obviously DeSantis is copying Trump's every move. I mean, even the way he moves his hand, he's copying the guy, you know, and that would kind of bother me after a while. I mean, does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. And,
6: all right. What? take another point. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like this um, nominee for for SCOTUS. You know? How dare you?
1: <laughs> How she, dare I, you? Do you know she went to a college and a law school, Harvard, no less.
6: But I mean, I mean, it's all about ideology, 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 and she seems like a very nice person. Probably, you know, she is.
1: But I mean. Nobody said that about Kavanaugh. You know what I mean? It was him. Nobody said he's a nice man, I'm sure. No, they didn't even say that. They thought he was the worst thing in the world. They saw a the rapist. One of the worst things in the world. And just, oh, they they could they would not stop. You've been very generous, Alfred. Uh, I'm not crazy about her ideology either. Uh, but she does seem nice. But so what? You know, lots of nice people out there. Oh, all right. I'm running late. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Show. Show. Oh, what's Fauci doing back? Fauci warns COVID restrictions may return soon. You may have noticed that I have not been on television much lately, and I really think that most of you don't understand the severity of the possible variants returning. And with the, the guidance and the direction of the CDC, you UPS- be... Oh, gosh, it's been so great without that guy around. So great. Ah. Oh. He's coming back. Now, he's the guy who told me personally in late January of 2020, Greg, you really don't have to worry about COVID at this juncture. It's the kind of thing that, you know, you've got to be aware of, I guess, but we will be handling it in our way, and you can go about your lives and not really have to worry about this. Well, if I knew that everything was going to change uh, a month after January – I might have been worried. I might have started planning. How about you? He was flat wrong. Flat wrong. And remember, they always love to play those clips of Donald Trump saying it could just blow away. Guess where he was getting that stuff from? Uh, he was getting it from China. He was getting it from Fauci. They were giving him all that kind of talk. A bureaucrat. That's what we had. A bureaucrat, not a doctor. That's a problem. Let's see, what else? Uh, NATO leaders head to Brussels for emergency summit. Oh, boy. That's going to be as uh, as impressive as when the United Nations gets together. I don't know. I don't know. So is it just a piece of paper that we signed in uh, 1948? When, when did we sign the NATO Accord? It was a long time ago. Article 5, one member of NATO is attacked. We all respond. 1949, I missed it by a year. That was a wild guess, actually, on my part. 1949. Is that the reason why we're not going into Ukraine right now? Just because of the NATO membership? If you're in NATO, hmm? I don't want to go into Ukraine. I don't want to mess with Putin any more than we already have. I want it done. I know that this would not be happening if Donald Trump were still in the White House. And a lot of it, yes, is personality-based. Imagine this. Imagine you have a boss and everybody, you know, we've all had different bosses, right? Some bosses are nice. Some people are not nice. Some bosses are pushovers. Some are really tough. It's not necessarily what they do. It's how they act when they're around you or when you're around them. It's how they make you feel. And they can get a hell of a lot out of you, from you. Um, by their behavior. Donald Trump is not a guy Putin wanted on the phone. You know, Vladimir, I know so much about you. Are, you. are you crazy or what? You know, I'm crazy too. I will. I will. You don't want to know what I'll do to you. I will do horrible things, Vladimir, horrible things to you and your family if you don't fix this right now. I mean, Trump would say stuff like that. Uh, Biden, he's not going to say anything like that. You think they're going to write that on, on an index card for him? No. No. You know, Donald Trump is a traditional president that the founding fathers had in mind. That the president would actually be calling the shots. Not some artificial, extra-constitutional, ultra-huge bureaucracy that only serves itself. The whole... Be-all and end-all was the, the, the continuation of the bureaucracy. Let me see if there's anything else. We all right, real quick, as I look at that, I need to go to Gail in Cortland Manor. Hi there, Gail. Yes.
0: Hi, hi. Um, Alicia Keys, I just want to bring this up. I've been meaning to bring this up for a long time. On uh, Nick Jr., maybe your little girl watches Nick Jr. cartoons?
1: Uh, we have her watching The Wiggles.
0: The Wiggles. Do you know okay. about the Wiggles? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I, I fear for for anyone who has little little toddlers because on Nick Jr. they have a commercial called Black Sunshine. They do.
1: And what does it say?
0: It perpetuates a racial agenda. Um, little black girls are special. They're they're above. Little white girls or little Hispanic girls, because their hair is flowing, their eyes are glowing, their skin is radiant. When I've seen
1: baloney. I've seen hints I've seen hints of this stuff. And by the way, like I, I saw something else on it was actually on Sesame Street, and I thought I thought I was hallucinating because on Sesame Street, you know, what do they say? It's all about what do they used to say? It's what's on the inside that makes you special. And then they had a couple of silly Muppets having a conversation about what makes you special is what's on the outside. Whether you have green skin like Kermit or black skin like Gordon or white skin like Bob. I just, I I was astounded. My jaw dropped. Look, at this point, my daughter is oblivious to uh, all that stuff. Sooner or later, we'll, uh, uh, you know, gosh, I would like, I would just love it if uh, she grew up like I grew up, quite frankly. There wasn't no every we weren't all hung up on it. We just weren't hung up on it. And it was kind of happened naturally. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, uh, what else should we be on? the? Uh, Yeah, one more thing. Can you
0: explain to me what Biden meant by New World Order? Because if you ask, uh, if you look in Google, New World Order means totalitarianism.
1: Well, the New World Order, I believe, was a phrase coined by George H.W. Bush. There will be a new world order, and we will not stand for aggression of any kind. There will be, And also, it came about as uh, the, 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 divide, the d- demise of the Soviet Union. There would be a new world order, and it wouldn't be the two superpowers opposed to each other. And geopolitically, everything kind of uh, shifted. As to what Joe was talking about the other day, I saw those comments. I have no idea, and he has no idea. Gail, thank you. There's the music. Be right back.
4: You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Oh, hey, here's an item. Madeleine Albright just died at the age of 84. Madeleine Albright, Secretary of State under Bill Clinton, the second term. Uh, what do we think about it, Madeleine Albright? Uh, well, well, long life, 84, lots of public service. Uh, I think she was the first female Secretary of State. On 1997 and 2001, what comes to mind when you think about Madeleine Albright? I remember she was yelling at the Cuban delegation. Do you remember uh, they, I think they shot down a Cessna, an American Cessna 172 over international waters near Cuba. And she was blasting these guys saying, uh, this is not cajones, This is uh, a violation of international law. And what else about her? I remember I saw her once, a very small woman. Um, I walked by the Hay Adams Hotel. And I was living in D. Was I living in D.C.? Yeah. It, uh, I don't, mm. Anyway, it, years ago, all the stuff blends together. But I was walking by the Hay Adams Hotel and I just looked to my left and there she was eating dinner with Warren Christopher. Uh, Warren Christopher being her predecessor as State Department uh, Secretary of State. So, uh, and what else can we say? Oh, I think she also said she was warning people about not supporting Hillary Clinton. Is she the one that said there's a special place in hell for women who don't support women? I think that's her quote. Madeline Albright. I mean, all right. What else about her? Um, I don't really know much more than what I just went through. <laughs> OK, that's it. Uh, not bad for a secretary of state from uh, 25 years ago, 21 years ago now. Um, anybody? Anybody else? I guess the we had Bosnia Herzegovina raging. Um, who the hell knows what was going on with that situation, huh? Uh, looks like she got the Medal of Freedom at some point. Yeah, Obama gave her the Medal of Freedom. Let me know when you get that sound. I want to get her talking about cojones at the United Nations. I think Rich is is working on it. And Meanwhile, looks like there's a pause on those briefings. Hey, I have no idea how that airplane crashed in China. Rumors are going around like crazy. We're not going to know for a while. Uh, A Boeing 737, it looks like it was flown straight into the ground. Now, just what it looks like to me is the engines were running, and it was flying into the ground. Now, it could be anything. It could be anything. And let's face it, we all know that uh, we've seen hijackings take place. It used to happen all the time. Today, not so much, but still could happen probably. Uh, uh, What else? We also know that pilots sometimes get really moody and weird and choose to crash planes on their own. That's happened. I'm not talking about 9-11. Those are hijackers, of course. They did it on purpose, but the real pilots didn't do it. But real pilots have done it before. In 1999, there was an Egypt air flight from JFK, I think, to Cairo. And the pilot just said, "Uh, screw it, I'm crashing this thing into the ocean, and he did. Uh, There was a German Wings pilot who flew a plane in Europe right into the side of a mountain because some girl broke up with him. I mean, geez, you know, we put a lot of faith in these guys. I think it happened one other time that I'm aware of. Some A-10 pilot out in Arizona was having a bad day and decided, you know what, I'm just going to fly into this mountain here. So it has happened, and if I look at that footage, I—I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, all right. Oh, oh, Brooklyn's on the phone from Brooklyn. Hi, Brooklyn.
9: Hello, Greg. Yes. Hi. Long time. Yes. I have a question for you. Why is it no one ever uh, talk about Larry Sinclair? Remember Larry Sinclair? No. They talk. You don't remember Larry Sinclair? Who said no. he had a little thing thing with Obama? Come on, Greg, you remember him? No. They'll talk about Stormy Daniels, and they'll talk about Jennifer Flowers, and no one believed Bobolinsky and Larry Sinclair is just gone.
1: Uh, what, Who is he?
9: he? You want me to tell you who he
1: is? Uh, let me tell you who you think he is. He? You think he's some guy who had sex with Barack Obama, right? I didn't say it. Okay. Well, I didn't say it. I know. But I know that's what you were getting at, even though I've never heard of Larry Sinclair. So uh, where did you hear that?
9: Where, I was, I'm a certain age. Um, I remember those things.
1: Well, who is Larry Sinclair anyway? Who is he?
9: He said he had a, let's put it that way, with Obama in the backseat of a, of a limousine smoking crack and doing other things. You don't remember
1: that? No, I don't think it was a big story. I mean, do you think the mainstream? The look, back then I was probably reading the New York Times and thinking I was getting all the news. So uh, I've not always been, you know, free from the fake news. For a long time, they had me fooled as well. So I never, then again, not everything you hear or read about is true. And when you're the president of the United States, a lot of people come forward and say a lot of things about you. And uh, it doesn't mean they're true. So let's see here. Barack Obama and Larry Sinclair. Oh boy, book by Lawrence Sinclair. I, I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, I, I I don't know. Let's see. Obama accuser has a long rap sheet. Oh, they did do stories about this guy. Um, let's see. This is in Pico, two thousand eight. Larry Sinclair is wanted in Colorado. But you can catch him today at the National Press Club. Sinclair is familiar to political junkies like you, Brooklyn, uh, and reporters as the source of outlandish allegations about Senator Barack Obama. Tales that began with sex and drugs and moved on to murder. The Duluth, Minnesota resident mm, is the sort of figure who appears at the margins of every presidential campaign. And both presidents George W. Bush and Bill Clinton had their own obscure accusers with dramatic allegations. That's true. And you got to give me that. I pointed that out. But as the old media ignores him, Sinclair is taking full advantage of the Internet. Blah, 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 blah. All right. where? Uh, I don't know what to make of this. It looks no, like
9: it, I was just going. No, you. I was just saying how they'll they'll play up Stormy Daniels and they'll have her on TV and they'll do the interviews and the questions and the inquiry about her and Trump. But you will never hear Tony Bobolinski get the same scrutiny, or Larry Sinclair, get the same scrutiny. Well, that's
1: right. You're right about that. And if this guy were saying something about Donald Trump, uh, yeah, we'd know his name. Everybody would know his name. It is amazing how that works, isn't it? It's so unbelievably unfair. And, uh, man. And, by the way, now you remind me of the Twitter situation. Twitter is so woke. Twitter is so left And they're intimidating conservatives. They're intimidating people I know. Every now and then, I even take a moment, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, do I really want to risk it? And the the answer is, invariably, yes, I do. I want to push the envelope. I want to push buttons, especially on Twitter. And I'm so disgusted that they are canceling Charlie Kirk, that they are on Twitter. Uh, You can't cancel Charlie Kirk. All right, come on. He's too big for that. But... Getting him off of Twitter, uh, getting uh, the Babylon Bee off of Twitter. This is dangerous, dangerous stuff. And they're trying to shape our behavior and our thoughts. I can't stand it, Brooklyn. All right, thank you. Hey, Brooklyn, are you the one who wants to be my personal assistant?
9: Yes, Grant. Well,
1: whatever happened with that?
9: I don't know. You never called. But then again, you're not the first guy I've given my number to that ever.
1: Oh, stop that. Now you, uh, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell my guy here once again. You print it up for me and give it to me, okay? Print it up, and in walks Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. They're going to give you some headphones in a second. Uh, thank you very much, Brooklyn. Uh, as he gets wired up, I am very, very fired up about the laptop, about Ashley Biden's diary, a couple of other things. We'll talk. Uh, but before I go there, let's uh, do this with Sandy in New Jersey. Hi, Sandy. Hi. Thanks so
2: much to take my car. I love listening to you. You're a wealth of information. Two things. Number one, um, I, I was in Costco and I was looking for the book, Laptop from Hell, and they didn't have it. How about and that? I, yeah, I think that's uh, interesting. I got in touch with them and all they said to me, was, I said, when is it going to be in the warehouse? And they said, we don't know if or when.
1: So so Rudy Giuliani just walked in the room, and uh, wait, wait, just before, what was the other thing you wanted to say?
2: The other thing I wanted to ask you was, does Justice Thomas have full-time,
1: 24-7 security around him? Off the top of my head, the answer is no, but let's bring in the expert. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has come in a little bit early for his show. Mr. Mayor, <laughs> welcome.
4: Great to be with you, Greg. Uh,
1: does, uh, does justices get full-time security? Not scared? usually, unless there's a special... In other
4: words, not it's not a regular thing. Sometimes they get threats and then they'll have uh, they'll have a security for as long as the threat remains.
1: It's kind of wild. I mean, I would should think that an associate justice, of the Supreme Court, would get full time security. And I actually ran into Scalia once and I asked him, you know, I heard a rumor that you drive yourself you know, to and from work. And he said, that's actually true. I, I do get driven, uh, you know, from event to event to event. But when it's time to go home, he's got to drive himself yeah, home.
4: I, I used to live two blocks from the Supreme Court. And I used to run in those days. And I would always run at the time that Justice Stevens was coming in. and He would stop and have a talk with me. I mean, he was a cool guy. I, mean, I always disagreed with him. <laughs> in fact, the one case I argued before the Supreme Court, it was eight to one. And he voted against me, my friend. But I used to see him driving in and he would stop. And he knew I worked in the Justice Department. And he was like very friendly.
1: John Paul Stevens. John Paul Stevens. Yeah. Gerald Ford's appointment,
4: right? Yeah. In fact, I was were, in the yeah in the Justice Department when he made that appointment. And I worked on that appointment.
1: That's that's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. But
4: he was very, and they all were. Every once in a while, I'd see Scalia driving in, and he would he would wave because I knew I knew Scalia from the Ford administration.
1: Yeah. It seems like yeah you know, they they deserve more they deserve some perks because quite frankly they're all in for a pretty big pay cut these guys I mean uh, yeah and they work hard that's yeah. a, that, I mean that's a that's a scholarly job yes your law clerks can help
4: you but they they pride themselves on doing a lot of the writing themselves and they certainly have to do all the thinking themselves and there's a lot of thinking in that job.
1: So a couple of things. Number one, it hasn't received nearly as much attention as the laptop. We'll talk about the laptop. But Ashley Biden's diary. These these Biden kids can't keep track of their stuff. Um, here's what's going on, as far as I know, and anything you'd like to share. But look, we now know that she, the diary is hers. It was published by National File in the fall of 2020. I read it. Turns out that she left it in some house that she was renting Got turned over to Project Veritas. Now the New York Times is covering the story, but it's not about the diary itself. It's about well, what laws may have been broken in uncovering the diary. They never seem to ask that of conservatives, or I'm sorry, of liberals who get their hands on, say, Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah, or
4: how about how about how how about um, all the documents that uh, the Times has gotten out of the State Department and the and Pentagon uh, papers? The, Pentagon papers. Look. The court held First Amendment protects it, but it was a theft of government property, which is a felony. That was government property, not declassified. The guy, It wasn't a crime for the Times. In other words, it was a crime for the people stealing it. But no, the First Amendment overrides. Wouldn't that be the case here? The her uh, Diary, particularly given all the complexities of this family – would be enormously important. It stops being personal once the guy is president and the guy is revealed to have been involved in a lot of crimes.
1: Well, and the part that's relevant, and I'm sorry, look, I think basically everybody should do what Davy Jones did in the Brady Bunch. If you find some girl's diary, return it. However, Mike Brady, if he ran for president, it would be news. And in that diary, Ashley Biden says that her father took showers with her at an inappropriately advanced okay, age. and in
4: the hard drive are inappropriate photographs that amount to, according to New York City detectives, not Rudy Giuliani, who I had examined them, a prima facie child pornography, which I was required to report. So Carrick and I went to the Delaware police. They had had it for a year and a half. The commandant of the Delaware police treated us like we were defendants until I did the following. Just in front of them. And I said to him, what the hell did you do about that? Under your law, you're supposed to visit the house to protect the girl. Did you do it? He never answered my question. He walked out, and they treated us like kings from then on. But they did nothing about it.
1: You know, I heard something from one of your successors at the U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, uh, I have a feeling you guys are not you know, close, but Preet Bharara. And he's made it. The thing I don't like about him is – he made a spectacle of getting fired. Like, he he he's known for getting fired, you know what I mean, by Trump. That, yeah,
4: that, that, yeah, that was yeah. his big splash. Which, by the way, is... 92. Customary. No, of course. Yeah. 92 change every every time a new party comes in.
1: But here's what Preet said. He said that uh, he's making noise about uh, Hunter getting indicted. It looks like he's going to get indicted. That's the inside Hunter word. should not get indicted. Why not? No, he's saying Hunter shouldn't be indicted. No, he's saying it looks like he might be indicted. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> t- probably it's going to be too little too late. But when the left starts saying that and the New York Times starts kind of prepping the battlefield, it, it looks like it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I believe it's, it's a cover. I think that
4: they, they realize they have to indict him for something. But you're not going to say anything about China in there. So they're going to indict him for some stupid little tax evasion, some stupid little failure to file, which may not be a crime. And they're going to leave 31 million Chinese bribe dollars on the table because the money goes to Joe. Yeah. This is a – do not grant any good faith to this Justice Department. It's a completely political operation. They would not indict Hunter if they didn't have to and they wouldn't indict Hunter if it wasn't part of a scheme to cover up other things. I mean even for the Times to be writing about the junk they were writing about, there's so many more. You know, once you look at the hard drive, you look at that and you say, I'm not going to pay attention to that. My goodness, I've got, got money coming from the two biggest enemies of the United States to the vice president of the United States. Russia and China. I mean, that would be like Roosevelt getting money from Germany and Italy during the Second World War. I've got pedophilia. I've got unbelievable transactions. We, we got a straight out bribe to the president of the Ukraine. Then, if you dig into the Ukraine, the 18 million the Biden's got is nothing compared to the 100 million the Poroshenko got. It's,
1: it's, oh, it's, we
4: got like real crimes. This would be uh, like prosecuting John Gotti. For uh, going through traffic lights.
1: Right. <laughs> it's, hey, uh, I got to get you on the crime situation in New York. Um, we have a safety patrol now. Have you heard about this? Safety patrol. I was on
4: that in, at uh, St. Anne's Grammar School. You know St. Yes, Anne's exactly. Grammar School. In Stewart Manor. It sounds like. I had a nice,
1: I loved a it. sash, I had right? a badge. I had a nice, it was one of the proudest days of my life. You, know, Hallmark, you got kids for running in the hall. You weren't supposed to run in the hall. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, I even got to direct traffic a little bit. So um, here's the deal. Uh, He's handing out T-shirts and he's, you know, press conferences. Uh, De Blasio did the same thing, handed out a bunch of jackets that said counterterrorism on it. They don't – he has no idea what to do, does he? What are we now, three
4: months into it and and, and we're we're up uh, like 50 percent? So, you, you know, I'm thinking of the bad old years. I don't think we ever had a year in the bad old years up more than ten percent.
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's ask it, your
4: dad that. I think I think he'd remember. I I'm trying to think going back before the eighties.
1: But do me a favor, Mister Mayor. We got to take one. We got to take one. Do me a favor, Madeline Albright. Did you find that Cuban stuff? Oh, good. When we come back, be right back. Talk
4: radio seventy-seven WABC.
1: Uh, coming in here. All right, Madeline Albright, uh, dead at the age of 84, former Secretary of State, former U.N. ambassador. I remember her primarily for this moment at the United Nations. I think she was manned at the Cubans who had shot down a couple of planes, um, oh, small man. planes. And uh, what did she say? Our
7: <laughs> government provided me with the transcript of what the Cuban pilots were saying to each other. It was pretty lurid in terms of them chasing these unarmed planes and saying... We have cojones, they don't have cojones, and, you know, really bloodthirsty. And then they hit them, and they say, we got them. So I just happen to say, this is not cojones, it's cowardice. And to this day, when I'm in Miami, I get called Madam Cajones.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it, she said that on the UN floor too. All right. So, Mr. Mayor, you met uh, Madeleine Albright a couple of times. I worked with
4: her, uh, particularly when she was the ambassador, and I was trying to collect parking tickets from the UN. How about? Oh gosh, a hundred million dollars worth of parking tickets, not not peanuts.
1: And was she twenty six
4: I mean, million came from
1: Russia? Look, you're a Republican, you and she's a Democrat working for Bill Clinton. Was there automatically friction? No,
4: no, just the opposite. I got along with her very, very well. I, I had a good, a very good relationship with her. Uh, now we didn't clash on. I think, I think she was angry at me when I when I threw Arafat out of the U out of the UN celebration, but it wasn't a UN celebration. It was a New York City celebration for the U.N. We had paid for it. So it was our celebration. And I had set a rule. I don't want any dictators. I don't want any mass murderers. And, uh, and Castro was uninvited. And somebody in the, one of the Middle Eastern countries gave him a ticket. So he was a crasher. And yeah. I, I sent my chief of staff and, uh, up there to ask him to go. But in back of my chief of staff were about 10 cops. So when when my chief of staff said the mayor would like you to go, there are the (laughs) cops. And he said, oh, I will consider it. What would the mayor do if I don't? He said, well, I I don't know if you know this mayor, but he'll throw you out.
1: (laughs) You know, that's a great thing about being a mayor as opposed to being, uh, I don't know, Chuck Schumer. I mean, like Chuck can't uh, 10 cops can't stare at somebody to make happen what he wants to happen right i mean absolutely it, it's not yeah. that kind of job no no it's
4: actually that's why a lot of mayors and governors don't like to go to the senator mean yeah. how many of them will tell you even even senator scott who's a great senator in florida will tell you gosh i really love being governor
1: but and also there's a it's also it seems more fun to be mayor than governor here in new york it's a more operational hands-on job it's almost little known secret a bit of a part-time job up there Being well governor.
4: yeah 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 i mean it's what well, Hopefully, if my son Andrew wins, he'll work full time. He's a very hardworking guy, and also uh, he has a mission. His mission is to clean it up, yeah, like kick them all out, all the bums out, all the crooks out. The kind of mission that I had when I was mayor, and the kind of mission that Trump had.
1: We'd love to see Andrew Giuliani. It can be
4: done. You can clean it up if you just if you don't play politician, if you don't play uh, if you don't play Adams,
1: yeah, who yeah. does
4: you know? I'm going to do a plain clothes unit, and then he puts him in uniform. You know, you, 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 when they start complaining about the things you promised, you got to tell them, I'm sorry. I promised this already. I'm going to do it. Uh, if you don't want to support me, don't support me. I'll go find other supporters. Did you want to be Secretary of State? Is that a true? I did very much. In fact, it, In fact, after being mayor and then not having won the primary for president, the only other job in government I would have taken is Secretary of State for a very specific reason. I believed that I was the only one who could clean up the State Department. Number one, because people don't know how much I know about foreign policy. I've, I, from the day I left being mayor until today, I've traveled to to 100 foreign countries. I've multiple times been there, so I've made about 150 foreign trips. I knew most of the world leaders through 9-11. They would greet me and yeah. I'd give speeches. Including there, Putin, by the way. Including Putin three times. And my passion from the time I was in Manhattan College was foreign policy. I ran for mayor because I felt I was needed. I always thought about running for senator. And I I, I ran for mayor because I felt like I was the only one who knew what was wrong with the city and I could
1: change it. Well, you're still significantly younger than Joe Biden. And anything is possible. Anything (laughs) is possible. Listen, I have to say goodbye so uh, Rudy Giuliani can say hello. He stays. This, by the way, is my
4: favorite show. Thank you so. Well, maybe mine. But this <laughs> is my <laughs> favorite uh, uh, show.
1: <laughs> He's next, and I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at seven.